Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible, but if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please think twice before listening to our show. There are over 700,000 sexual offenders in the United States alone. With all the social media these days, how can we protect ourselves and our children from these despicable predators? Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast, where we discuss criminal cases that involve some factor of abuse. Our goal is to spread awareness of abuse that could be taking place around any of us and encourage everyone to take responsibility and report if they see a child or an adult being abused. Larry Nassar was a very well-respected doctor for gymnasts and athletes. Many women swore by his quality care, but to many other girls, his treatment was a nightmare they held inside for years or even decades. Larry was a sick man with perverted sexual desires that took advantage of an unfathomable amount of young girls. Today, we will be unpacking the impact statements of a few of his victims and trying to wrap our heads around the vastness of his destruction on these young lives. Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Rosie. And I'm Ryan. And before we start today, we want to give a big thank you to our new patron this week, Alexandra. Yeah, thanks, Alexandra. You super much made our day. Yeah, just today she became our patron and... She already gave us some good feedback on our Jared Fogel premium episode. So thank you for listening to that and um, for the kind words. Yes. And also I'd like to report a really important announcement. We got the cat. (laughs) (laughs) The the important follow-up from last week. But his name isn't Black Bean Taco. His name is Black Bean Burrito. Yeah. He was just more of a burrito to us than a taco. Last week we told the story of Larry Nassar and all of his terrible things that he did, taking advantage of his position as a doctor for athletes. And so this week we're going to be discussing some impact statements that his victims had made. We had mentioned a girl that he had abused since age six last week Mm -hmm. and kind of hinting towards her story, but she's the first one we're going to talk about in this episode because of all the stories that came out, she had a really, I think, probably the longest Mm -hmm. story from Larry Nassar. So I'll just give a little background on her first before Rosie talks about her story. As a young girl, she was into reading. She liked Junie B. Jones, and her favorite show was Clifford, and she was the first to testify about his abuse, Um, the first victim to come out with everything that happened to her. And at first, she wanted to stay anonymous, but then when she went public in court, she stated the process had been horrific but surprisingly therapeutic. So she really seems like grew from the experience and came out on the other side but this impact statement for her was a final step and statement to herself that she has nothing to be ashamed of which i mean i think that's a really good example for Mm -hmm. girls and just to know that it's a really difficult process but there is healing that happens and you come out better on the other side so Kyle Stevens is her name. She met Larry around five years old, and her parents were close friends with Larry and his wife, Stephanie. Medical professionals with common ground, and they would often get together on weekends for dinners and then holidays and spring events, so they're kind of like their go-to friends. Okay. Around six years old, Larry exposed his penis to Kyle in a dark boiler room in the basement of his home, saying, if you ever want to see it, All you have to do is ask. So, okay, before we go any further, I just want to make sure we have our content warning Mm -hmm. that we're going to be discussing sexual child abuse. So if that's going to be too much for you, maybe now's the time to turn it off. So, all right, you want to continue? Sure. Well, obviously, as him being the adult, Larry had the power to manipulate Kyle, as she was only five years old, six years old. Yeah, and especially that he was 
her parents, one of her parents' best friends, and mm-hmm. um, came across as an adult that she should be able to trust, you know? The abuse that Kyle went through over six years went from exposure to masturbating in front of her while they were playing hide-and-seek. How does that even happen? I'd, yuck. He would rub his penis on her bare feet, and he would penetrate her with his fingers. All the while, his wife and children were in the same house. Wow. So he really was gutsy and not really, really confident in not being caught. Without knowledge or consent, Kyle had her first sexual experience before kindergarten. Everything that we'll be reading in this episode pretty much um, about these girls is from things they'd said in their impact statements. So these, these are all details that she gave herself during her statement. She didn't realize that anything was wrong until she was 12 years old and saw the exposing of the Catholic Church and one of her friends testifying about the sexual abuse. Yeah, so there was basically awareness being raised around mm-hmm. pedophilia and, you know, like the scandal within the church and stuff. For some reason, Larry would give Kyle foot rubs. I don't know if it's because he was a doctor and he was like, this will help. That might have been a but- good way to... To start, yeah, but that. it seems like her parents knew he was rubbing her feet. She finally told her parents that when Larry rubbed her feet, he used his penis, but her parents chose to believe Larry Nassar over her. Yeah, it seems like they kind of confronted him and he denied everything, and they're like, oh, okay, cool. This obviously caused Kyle to grow apart from her family. Her father was the kind of guy that believed that someone who made such heinous accusations was the worst type of person. It was so sad seeing this poor girl start crying when she said this in the courtroom. I can't even imagine the courage it would take to tell your parents something like this at such a young age and then just have them shrug it off and turn your abuser into the victim. It's sickening. Like, they made Larry into the victim because she was making heinous accusations and that made her a terrible person and it's so sad like it's amazing that she ever even made it this far you know her father believed that she lied about this and every time they would get into a fight her father would tell her he needed her to apologize to larry this forced her to start becoming independent because she felt like her parents didn't want her after she brought up these allegations her parents shrugged it off and two years later stephanie Larry's wife started pressuring Kyle to nanny the Nassar children. She tried to dismiss it, but they eventually got her to do it. While she was at the Nassar home, they acted like she, was, she never accused him, like everything was normal. Kyle started to feel like she was losing her grip on reality. She began second-guessing herself, questioning whether the abuse ever really happened. Ah, oh, that's terrifying, especially since she... She did know it happened, and she did try to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And she was basically shown from a young age that even if someone does something bad to you and you try to make it right, it it won't turn out okay for you. Or at least this is the impression she would have gotten from how it turned out. Kyle would force herself to recall the abuse step by step so she could convince herself that she wasn't a liar. She felt broken, lost, and confused. But she told herself that she needed to be there for those children in any way she could. It seems like she doesn't want the Nassar children to face the same trauma she had to endure. Uh, It really shows her character. and She isn't a selfish person, even though she was victimized and shrugged off when she came forward. That kind of stuff can really make a person feel bitter, but she tried her best to stay on her feet and do, you know, as much as she could to make the children's lives better. Yeah, that's a big commitment to make when she's dealing with so much. She was detached from her family, but she realized that she really needed counseling, so she would find any way she could to make money. Just before leaving for college, her father tried to get her to apologize to Larry. She reassured him that she was telling the truth. Kyle said in court, that it was really difficult for her seeing her father realize the hell he had put her through. And this really started to bother him. They tried hard to patch up their tattered relationship after this. But in 2016, K- 
Kyle's father took his own life. Seeing her share this detail with the courtroom broke my heart. She could barely get the words out, and you could see the hurt on her face. I can't even begin to imagine the complicated emotions she must have experienced when she thinks about these things. It's got to be so rough knowing Mm -hmm. that everything that led up to it. And I'm not saying that her situation is what caused it, but I'm sure it was a factor. It's hard that her parents would not believe a word she was saying. I can't imagine how how much angst and, you know, I would have angst and spite (laughs) built up. no kidding. When she was 21, she finally cut all ties with the Nassar family, but she still struggled with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and was just having a really tough time living with herself. She would cry on the floor for hours and rip out her hair. She struggled with suicidal tendencies. She would lay a gun on her bed to remind herself that she has control over her own life. She couldn't find any joy in life anymore. Sexual abuse is so much more than a disturbing physical act. It changes the trajectory of a victim's life, and it's something that no one has the right to do. To Larry, she said, quote, After my parents confronted you, they brought you back to our house to speak with me. Sitting on our living room couch, I listened to you tell me, no one should ever do that, and if they do, you should tell someone. Well, Larry, I'm here not to tell someone, but to tell everyone. You convinced my parents that I was a liar, end quote. Then she goes on to talk about the effects of her PTSD. It gets a little graphic, so we won't share it word for word, but basically she gets sick at the scent of a certain kind of lotion because he would use it while he touched himself in front of her. She also still flinches when her feet are near someone's lap because of the way he used to pull her feet towards him and touch himself with them. She also spoke about how when she started menstruating, she didn't need to worry about bleeding because he already penetrated her when she was younger. She made it clear that she had been after him for a long time and that he was first arrested on her charges. She told counselors his name, hoping they'd report him. She reported him to CPS twice. She was the only non-medical victim, but she wanted to make it known that those treatments were pathetically veiled sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. She made the powerful statement, little girls don't stay little forever. They grow into strong women that return to destroy your world. Yeah, we kind of talked about that last week. Like, how on earth did he think he was going to be able to get away with Mm -hmm. this? Right. Because they, I mean, even little girls know that something weird is happening, and eventually they're going to grow up to realize what it is. Right. And you're going to be in trouble. Well, he's kind of an idiot. The judge replied, The system clearly failed you, and it has failed so many children as people without voices. You've grown into a strong woman who has a voice. That voice will have a rippling effect to change the lives of children who are being abused to speak up like you. That's what's so important, or that what's so important is that you weren't sure what was going on, but you kept questioning it, and when you heard other voices, you knew it was wrong. It's so important what you just said for all those children and helpless people. As a child, you had nothing to gain from complaining, and yet your voice went unheard. Yeah, something that stood out to me is that when the judge asked her if she was seeking restitution, it seemed like she didn't even know what it was. And it just shows her motivations were not for personal gain, Mm -hmm. but to be a voice for all the victims in this case and her own personal recovery that's so important. Even more amazing of Kyle is that after the judge explained that restitution helps the survivors with financial stability, she said without a thought, I'm not interested in any money that would take anything from his children, so no thank you. That's such a powerful statement and a great lesson in humanity for all of us. Like This woman put the blame right where it belonged and only there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times when someone in our family does something stupid that wrongs other people, those people might have some kind of resentment towards us, even though we had nothing to do with what caused them pain. But this girl is a great example of strength and nobility, and 
you know, not blaming someone else for what mm-hmm. their family did. Yeah, them. and she has absolutely no greed. There's no desire for her to make money off of this. Mm-hmm. She was just doing it to help others. Yeah. Kyle Stevens, pretty amazing person, uh, the way she recovered. Um, but that's it for her statement. So we're going to move on to Jessica Thomasow. Jessica, she was a gymnast, and gymnastics was a big part of her childhood. She spent a lot of hours practicing it and competing. She was sexually assaulted by Larry at ages 9 to 12. You know, as gymnastics do, they come with a lot of injuries because you're doing a lot of physically demanding stuff. So she saw Larry Nassar because she had a dislocated rib, and she was actually recommended to Larry by one of her coaches because he was a pretty highly respected gymnastic doctor. Mm-hmm. And her mom had actually trained under Larry Nassar in medical school at MSU. So she was really excited to see him because of his reputation, which makes the rest of her story even more terrifying. Right. Once Jessica was back in his office, he had her lie down on his table. He sexually assaulted her. She was confused and scared and ended up keeping it to herself because she didn't know what to do. In 2012, when she was 12, it happened again. Before the assault, he asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up, and she said, I want to be just like you, a sports medicine doctor. He gave her a pin from the Olympics and told her, When you take my place as the new sports medicine doctor, you can give it back to me. Then Larry told her dad he had to massage her ankle and to wait in the waiting room. He slid his ungloved fingers up her leg and inside her. Her dream of becoming a sports medicine doctor ended that day. He broke her spirit and her perception of the world. She, uh, that, so, I don't even know what to say about that. That's but, so wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's, what a freak. If, if for some reason you're listening to this part two before you've listened to part one, we forgot to say at the beginning of the episode, but this is a part two of Larry and Sar. So, um, but back in part one, we talked about how what we can do to prepare our children for doctor visits like this, and making sure they they're aware of what is exactly is supposed to happen and what exactly would be inappropriate. Because, I mean, when they're that young, they don't know exactly what to expect when they're going to the doctor. So um, if you haven't heard part one, I'd recommend going back to that because we discussed some interesting things. But mm-hmm. When Jessica got diagnosed with a social anxiety disorder and saw a therapist but didn't realize the cause, she felt really uncomfortable around her male teachers and had a terrible anxiety at school, and it made it hard for her to learn. She couldn't hold her hands with her boyfriends because of her PTSD. When other allegations surfaced, she remembered what happened to her and began having paralyzing flashbacks. She would often cry herself to sleep. She had trusted him as her doctor, and he took advantage of it. The poor thing couldn't even hold hands with her boyfriend. I know. But here again, we see, like we talked about last week, him abusing his position of being well-respected. And this is the first specific victim we're really going into detail about where he, she was his patient. And, I mean, she had dreams of becoming a doctor just like him. And then Yeah, it's so did. sick that he gave her that pin and uh-huh. stuff. That's just like, I don't know. There's something really sick and twisted about that. Just, you know. Yeah. I mean, what the heck was he thinking? Like... She looked up to him. She really respected him. Did he think that in his twisted little stupid brain, did he think that she wanted him to touch her like that? No, I don't think he thought that. I think he was just a freak. Why would he throw away that respect? I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, Jessica's story is also really sad. Because she had a really rough time, but 
thankfully she was able to also make her statement to Larry and um, start making progress to recovery. And she really struggled with that social anxiety. It's sad. Mm-hmm. So the next statement was actually from the mother of one of the victims of Larry, which this story is really sad. But Chelsea Markham? Yeah, Chelsea Markham. So the mother of Chelsea Markham. Um, she adopted her daughter from South Korea. Yeah, Chelsea was native to South Korea. And in August of 1985, she had a fractured skull and both ears were damaged, and she was delivered using forceps and had many surgeries just to stay alive. So so because she was delivered using the forceps, that caused her fractured skull and ears being damaged? I don't know. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. So she, she was pretty messed up as a baby, mm-hmm. and so for a whole year her mom would sit up with her at night because she wasn't able to lay down. And they were basically inseparable because of all the care that her mom would give her. Yeah. And as she got a bit older, she wouldn't leave her mom's side, and she would scream when she thought her mom was leaving her. And while her mom was talking about this, she cried um, because they had such a tight bond. And we really recommend you go watch these impact statements because they're so powerful coming from the actual victims. And seeing it from the mom's point of view is so moving. Oh, I bet. Chelsea got into gymnastics and was really active and dedicated. When she was 10, she fell off the beam and injured her back. They referred her to Larry Nassar because he had such a great reputation. Mm -hmm. They went to Larry many times between the ages of 10 and 12. Um, I feel so bad. That's such a sad way to begin your life and then to be abused. When yeah. you're between 10 and 12. Yeah, the mom talked about a special tradition they had when they would um, get done with the treatment. They would go on a mother-daughter lunch together in Lansing after seeing Larry. So they, to the mom, she thought it was just a fun day. I guess. One of the times after her appointment with Larry, she asked Chelsea if she was ready to go to lunch. And surprisingly, she replied, no, mom, I I just want to go home. Her mom asked her what was wrong, thinking maybe she was in pain. But Chelsea replied, mom, I just want to go home. Once they were in the car, Chelsea started bawling and told her mom that he had put his fingers inside her and they weren't gloved. Her mom had been right there in the room the whole time, but she couldn't see what was happening. Chelsea said, he hurt me. Her mom really wanted to go back, but Chelsea begged her not to because she didn't want anybody to know about it. Yeah, she felt so much shame over it, which is so sad because it wasn't her fault at all. I wonder why she was... Well, I mean, obviously it's terrible that he put his fingers inside of her, but that she mentioned that they weren't gloved. Yeah, like it really doesn't matter, I guess, because he shouldn't be putting his fingers in her anyway. Yeah, exactly. But this is, like we talked about last week, why we think it's such a good idea to prepare your children for what to expect from a doctor visit, because... For him to be doing this when she was in the room, the mom. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, making sure that your children know what would be wrong and making sure they feel comfortable approaching you if something goes wrong. Yeah. And, like, make sure they know it's not their fault if that happens. Chelsea's mom tried doing the right thing. She ended up telling Chelsea's coach, Tim, and he replied, oh, no, that wouldn't happen. Chelsea started really struggling in school and blamed herself for the abuse. When she was 13, she went to a meet in Lansing and Larry was there. Seeing him affected her so deeply, she kept falling off of the gymnastic equipment. Chelsea decided she couldn't do it anymore because every time she saw Larry, she got horrible flashbacks. It affected her social life. She got into drugs and never really recovered from the pain. Chelsea had also gotten raped at a concert, which made her feel even worse. 
Yeah, there wasn't much detail about this, but I think it was after the abuse from Larry. Okay. So, because she was old enough to be at a concert, so. Uh, but uh, can you imagine going through that abuse from your doctor and then getting raped at a concert? <sighs> well, Larry was supposed to be the best in his field and help her recover. But he just abused her and made her hurt even more. And it became a serious bout of depression for her. In 2009, when she was 23, Chelsea took her own life. Seeing her mom say this in the statement was so hard to watch. I wish I could have given her a hug. It's so sad to think about all the nights she stayed up with her baby girl and nursing her back to health. Just to have this happen at 23 years old. Right. Chelsea's mom had to go through four years of intense therapy before she could take the blame off herself and put it where it belongs, on Larry Nassar. Yeah. And this shows just how deeply sexual abuse can affect someone. She was so destroyed inside and in such a dark place that she was able to rationalize taking her own life. And not it didn't only affect her, it affected her mom, too. Yeah. She needed four years of therapy before... She could stop blaming herself. That one's was the hardest for me to hear at first. Just so well, intense. Yeah, because she ended up killing herself in the end. I yeah, mean. and it's. I mean, there's no doubt Larry had a huge role in that mm-hmm. de- decision. You know. <sighs> so, yeah, Chelsea. I don't even know what to say so sad but the next person we're going to talk about her name is jade cap capua jade was recommended again to larry nassar by her gymnastic coaches saying he was a miracle worker that could fix anyone yuck so we see this pattern over and over again larry's so highly respected Mm -hmm. and keeps getting recommended patients ugh On July 1st, 2013, she experienced the same quote-unquote treatment as many of the other girls. Yeah, he assaulted her, and after, she sat in the bathroom, alone and in shock, also humiliated. She saw Larry Nassar on the news as her English teacher was discussing the meaning of the word depravity. Yeah, apparently in the classroom... um, Larry's story came up on the news. This was after everything came out, and um, the teacher gave an example of the use of the word depravity by talking about the story that was um, that had come out about Larry. So, using Larry as the example of depravity, and this is this was the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for Jade because she instantly became overwhelmed with flashbacks and dread knowing that this was the man that abused her and her teacher was describing him as depraved. Hmm. This affected her ability to have intimacy with another person or to trust anyone. And again, we see this man ruining the lives of these girls and taking away their ability to have a normal relationship. And she had said that uh, wounds heal into scars, and each scar becomes a story that you share and heal from as each day goes on. So, uh, mm. just another powerful statement coming from one of the victims of Larry Nassar, yeah, one like of the survivors. One. That's a good quote. Yeah. This girl's ability to find a way to heal enough to share her voice is inspirational. But we understand that everybody is affected differently by this, and some people really struggle with the healing process. But Jade is a really great example of strength. Jade really wants to help fellow victims reach a level of closure and assist in justice being served for all of them girl <laughs> and assist in the justice that's being served for all these girls. She made another powerful statement. I am no longer broken by you. Nothing will ever take away what you have done to me or to the others that stand behind me. We can walk free and radiate the strength we have gained from your horrific acts. Something you will never do. It doesn't matter if this topic is uncomfortable or difficult to discuss. It's something that happened and needs to be addressed. Yeah. 
And this is exactly why we make this podcast. And this thing really sucks to talk about sometimes, but it needs to be talked about. We need to be educated about what sexual abuse is and when we should be on the lookout and report what's happening. Well, should we talk about our next girl? Yes. Alexis Moore? Yep. Um, on December 16th, 2016, Alexis woke up from a nightmare, sweating, yet chilled to the core. She had spent years defending um, the mastermind, Larry Nassar, but then she finally realized she was one of his victims. Mm. She'd heard about thousands of graphic images that were found on his computer and all the allegations, and for years... Larry convinced Alexis that he was the one that could help her recover from her injuries. Wow. Uh, The switch between defending, you know, a pedophile and then realizing that you're one of the victims from that person, I can't imagine the way you would feel. He took advantage of her as a minor and sexually abused her hundreds of times. Uh, A sexual assault should not be part of our culture. When she was nine, she had an injured pelvic bone and was willing to do anything to feel better. Larry Nassar was friends with her mom and aunts. Alexis made it clear that she preferred the term survivor because she didn't, doesn't want to lose herself in this mess. She wants to be an advocate and role model for young girls. She wants to teach them that they can be powerful, amazing, and influential if they choose and make sure that they, have, they know that they have a voice. No matter what they go through, they'll have people in their corner to help them get through it. Alexis wants to help stop monsters in power from abusing their power and take advantage of others. And that's something that really stood out to me because that's kind of what we're focusing on is people in power abusing their power. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so interesting to see all these different victims and survivors because they all have such different reactions, different personalities. It shows just how many different ways people can react to some kind of trauma, and there's no right or wrong way, you know? Mm -hmm. She talked about how she really regrets all the missed opportunities where she didn't say anything about how Larry was abusing his power, but she's trying really hard not to look back, and she wants to move forward and do what she can to make the world a better place. She wants to help victims of abuse stand up for themselves and others. And it's so important to have people like this in the world. It's, it's an amazing desire to have to want to help others like this. So that's another cool um, statement from a victim that, you know, she's really taken back her power mm-hmm. and used this opportunity to grow. This next person we're going to talk about. Um, we're talking about Emma Ann Miller. In her testimony, she told Larry directly that she hated him, but she was working on forgiving him. Then she said instead of giving hollow, meaningless apologies, he should write down all the times that MSU, Twistars, and the USA Gymnastics could have and should have stopped him. Then read that to the court. And when we talk about missed opportunities on this show, this is a prime example of that. These big organizations had gotten this information that they just shrugged off, like we talked about last week. There were so many lawsuits because of this. The system truly failed these girls and allowed the abuse to continue. So (laughs) there was a a bit of an interesting event that happened during one of the the courtroom appearances for Larry Nassar. Yeah. It really illustrates just how high emotions can run in a family especially as a father that was addressed by the judge and asked as part of the sentencing to grant him five minutes alone in a locked room with Larry Nassar. (laughs) The judge told him that she couldn't do that. Then he asked for just one minute. I love how he's trying to compromise. To which she also said, you know, I can't do that. While he was saying this, his daughter was whispering to him, no, stop, while trying to maintain a smile and keep her cool but it was really making her nervous. Yeah, you could 
if you watch the video of this, you could see it on her face that she was like trying to keep a smile, like <laughs> keep her cool. But she was like, okay, dad, stop. After this, he said, well, I'm going to have to come in there. And he lunged forward past the, um, whatever the podium thing is called. <laughs> and he lunged towards Larry. He was quickly tackled by a security who tried to get him to calm down. He kept yelling, oh man, let me at him, just one minute. (laughs) And security was very calm with him saying, I understand, take it easy, buddy, just relax. I don't know why they have that accent, but they do. (laughs) They cuffed him and took him out right past Larry Nassar as his family cried. And the judge told him, you cannot behave like this. Yeah, he could have really gotten in serious trouble for this, but he was the father of three daughters that were abused by Larry Nassar. Um, the judge could have given him jail time or a huge fine, but she really acknowledged the situation that he was in and that she couldn't understand the emotional pain the father was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. And realized that he'd heard things about his daughter's abuse in that courtroom that he hadn't known before. So he was really experiencing a lot of anger. Right. I mean, and, and seeing that little prick sitting there right in front of him. <laughs> Excuse yeah. his language. Who? You. What language? P word. Is that a bad word? I don't know. I mean, you say it when you like accidentally poke your finger. Like, oh, I pricked my finger. You're a hoodle. Well, he's a bad person, so. <laughs> I was just going to say that I can um, I can see where she's coming from because, well, my dad didn't say, let me at him in court, but he was also very, very willing to beat up my abuser. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to do that, you can't do it in the courtroom. Nope. <laughs> That's why he did it in a dark alley. No, I was kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) the judge made it clear to the father that it's not acceptable to combat assault with assault. (laughs) That we need to handle it legally. Although it would feel good. Yeah. (laughs) The father apologized to the judge and the courtroom and the officers that were forced to deal with his outburst. He explained that he lost control because he heard his daughter say things that he didn't know before. And saw Larry shaking his head no, like it never happened. I totally understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I mean, I know this isn't the right way to handle this, but um, I would want to... some slack. Yeah, well, they did. Well, I know. But I would want to do the same thing if I were in his situation. And I probably wouldn't actually do it, but... I would. I would definitely sit there and fantasize about beating the crap out of this snivelly little monster. Is that a word? Yep. Cool. I mean, we kind of crave that eye-for-an-eye justice, you know? But in this country, it's not our right or responsibility to enact that justice personally. And it sucks because it's a desire that we have, but that's how a massive society needs to work. We can't all just go around avenging ourselves because in certain situations, we might not have all the facts. Yeah, he was doing it for his kid, though. Well, yeah, that's the thing that makes it so hard is... In this case, it's pretty obvious that... That would be okay. Well, If I was a judge, I would have been like, like, come up here so I can be mean. And then he comes up and I'd be like, this is his jail cell number. (laughs) (laughs) Four minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you'd be a judge very long. (laughs) I never said I'd be a good judge, just a nice one. Yeah, well... (laughs) Anyway, it's completely understandable why he did this, and and that's why I don't have anything to do with the legal system because I would not want to follow the rules very well. Mm-hmm. Well, especially in situations like this. Power to you. And I know there's a lot of different schools of thought on this situation, and if you feel complete opposite of me, like why would you even think about that? I understand that, too. and About beating you know, up the guy, you mean? Yeah. Like, oh. violence is not the answer, and we, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But it does feel good to punch someone that 
ruined your <laughs> that had family. it coming especially when it's based on papa bear love you know mm-hmm. it's not personal vengeance it's for his daughters so like we talked about last week in 2014 michigan state knew that larry nassar was sexually assaulting little girls but they didn't tell anybody they didn't take any action they didn't want to lose their star gymnastic doctor it seems like so many assaults that could have been prevented if they had followed the law ended up happening they ended up paying over a million dollars in restitution to the different victims of Larry Nassar, and they weren't even going to release that knowledge to the public because they didn't want to sully their name. Now we know where all that money for education goes because it's ridiculously expensive. Let's talk about Lindsay Lemke. She recalls being taken into a room during a gymnastics practice by someone from the MSU athletic department. They told her that Larry Nassar was under an investigation. They told the girls that if they were approached by any media people or police officers, that they were not allowed to comment on the, on the situation. Tongue-tied tonight. It's basically, the MSU people were trying to cover up things. Mm-hmm, totally. And it seems really suspicious. But Lindsay began to realize that the abuse that she had suffered was not just a recent thing but had gone back decades. So she decided to tell her coach, Kathy Cleggs, about it. Kathy Cleggs, who was a huge player. We talked about her last week, didn't we? I don't remember saying Or no, wait, we're talking about her this week. Yeah. My bad. Okay. (laughs) She She was a big player in this situation. She described to her what happened to her by Larry Nassar. Kathy discouraged her from talking to the police and avoid giving any false information that would hurt Larry in any way. Yeah, so it was all about Larry and his reputation. Sadly, it turned out like that for over 20 years. People had reported Nassar's sexual abuse to Kathy Clagus, and she swept it under the rug. On August 30th, 2018, Kathy was arraigned on two counts of lying to a police officer during an investigation into Larry Nassar's abuse at the MSU school, where she was the women's gymnastics coach. She was charged with one felony and one misdemeanor for her false denial to investigators. I think it's important that she also had to take responsibility in this case. If the actual perpetrator is the only one that has consequences for this, even when other people were aware of the allegations and tried to cover it up, then what does that teach us about how to handle these situations? Um, If the perpetrator is the only one that gets in trouble, no one has that accountability. Everyone who is aware of the person being abused is accountable for that person's safety. So especially if it's a child, that's true. And there's absolutely no reason besides greed that I can think of Mm-hmm. that this should happen, this would happen. But because he was such a popular and well-respected doctor, they didn't want to lose that asset to their school. But if we're putting money ahead of the safety of fellow humans, there's some real issues with that. And th- that's why this case is so enraging, because not only did this guy abuse his position and power, but other people... Kathy Clagus helped cover it up. So the theme of the last few weeks has been about people with great amounts of power abusing it for their own advantage. But really, that's what all abusive relationships are founded on. If you really think about it, the abuser takes advantage of some kind of power they have in a relationship, no matter how small that is. Like with Robbie Wayne, Stephen and Stoney Blair, Terrell Peterson, Liam Fee, The Turpin children, Erica Parsons, these poor kids were all abused by their parents. People who didn't have much power in the real world, but they still had power over these poor children. Or, like, if we think back to Anne Hamilton Byrne, she was a cult leader from episode 11. She had a huge amount of power in her own community. Um... I know the phrase, with great power comes great responsibility, seems like such a cliche, but it holds a lot of heavy meaning. Unfortunately, people do abuse that power, so don't be afraid to be skeptical of people. 
And it's important that your kids have a clear understanding of what's inappropriate for an adult to do with them, Mm -hmm. like we talked about last week. We say this a lot as well, but try to make your kids feel safe coming to you with uncomfortable things. Give them a non-judgmental and calm response when they mess up. And even if you have standards set for them, make sure they know that nobody is perfect and you don't expect perfection out of them. And last but not least, if you see something, say something. It seems really cliche as well, but it can make a huge difference in another person's life if we are all looking out for each other. (sighs) Holy crap. That was an intense story. Okay, I thought you were going to say I've said it wrong again. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, we've had to pause so many times during this recording. Yeah, I have <laughs> about 25 timestamps written down that I need to go back and edit. But I tried to throw the cats in the porch so they wouldn't meow, and then they were ripping at the door, so I let them in, and then they were jumping on my lap, and then they were taking turns in the litter box. Yeah, literally and- the entire time we were recording, <laughs> they were, like, rotating in the litter box. Like They knocked down my favorite stick. People are going to stop listening to us because all we do is talk about our cats. This is the end. True. That's why we waited until the end to talk about this. Oh, you guys. It's rough sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, they're excited because they have this new young blood to mess around with. And they, like, Queso, the big fat one, was on top of our hutch knocking stuff off for the other, other cats to play with. Like, what is happening? As if out they here? don't have enough toys. Yeah, they have tons of toys. But anyway, <laughs> we're just relieved to have gotten through this episode because <laughs> it took forever. Yeah, not only was it difficult um, subject matter and just so heavy, but then our cats were messing us up like every 30 seconds. So, um, anyway. Thank you so much for listening (laughs) to this episode. I feel so bad laughing because some of the stuff we talked about was so intense. We're not laughing at the case. We're laughing at our cats. I know. We're ruining our lives. And hopefully people will understand. But we've gotten comments in the past about how disrespectful and insensitive we are. So We've also gotten comments about how people enjoyed our cats' names in Frito. Yes. So... Which reminds me, our new um, Patreon episode on Jared Fogle, the subway guy, is available at all levels of patronage. Just want to throw that out there again. Where you can hear Frito's final, I don't know. Yeah, his final appearance on our podcast. Yeah. Um, But for sure, check out our Patreon page, because we do have some other cool stuff, too. You can listen to the subway episode, which is pretty amazing. You can also get a mug, stickers, magnets, t-shirt if you DM us, mm-hmm. and um, a handwritten note by me. Yeah. Well, Ryan you, never does it. You don't have to, well, you have better handwriting than I do. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to um, be a patron to get a t-shirt. You can DM us anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so be sure to subscribe (laughs) to our show, and if you wouldn't mind, leave us a review letting us know what you enjoy about our show or what we could do better. Either one would be really helpful. And more so what you enjoy. (laughs) What the hey? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can follow us on Instagram at VOV Podcasts, where you can go see our cats. I'll put a picture of Burrito up. Oh, yeah, you should. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at VOVpod or email us at VOVpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about doing a poll on Twitter um, sometime soon, asking people what, like, which aspect of our show they enjoy, because mm-hmm. right now we're kind of trying still to find a structure, like, exactly, because we've done interviews and we do stories, and sometimes we just talk about a topic, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of three different veins, which hopefully people haven't been, you know, like, discouraged from listening to us because we're not as 
um, consistent with that the way thing. we structure our episodes. But tell us which main vein we should go with. Yeah. <laughs> but until I create a poll like that, always feel free to let us know in an email or a review or whatever. Okay. DM us on Instagram. Rosie really wants to go to tacos. Yeah, I do. I'm hasn't hungry. eaten in a very long time. I'm hungry. Also, well, I was just going to say before we go that I thought it would be a really cool episode, and you can probably cut this out if you hate what I'm going to say, but if people had questions for us and we could do a, a oh, question and anything. answer. Yeah. I don't know. I like those. Maybe for episode 52 we could do that. 52. It'll be our one year. Or we could do it sooner. <laughs> I guess it depends on if people have questions for us. Like, you can do I, silly ones like how we met. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's make it official. If we're going to stay married. <laughs> Although, I don't know if anyone's still listening right now, so maybe we should make this. We'll we'll, we'll call this out on our the beginning of our next episode, too. Who makes but dinner? Me or start, Ryan? <laughs> start giving us questions. If you want, start sending us in questions and um, we'll add them to a list. Ooh, Obviously, first come, first serve. What's our favorite ride at Disney? Well, you are you gonna answer that now, or are you just giving people ideas? Just ideas. Oh, okay. Because they want to know. <laughs> um, if anyone's even interested in that, but where do we get so our tacos? If you do have any questions, let us. You can send them in. Okay. I'm so tired. That's it. All right. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. We're not trying to change anybody's mind, we're just trying to understand it. At We Too, we aim to explore gender differences in our current world. We want to hear stories, differing opinions, new ideas. We want to hear what you have to say, because you have a voice. And guess what? It matters. Look for We Too Podcast, W-E-T-O-O Podcast, on social media and on your favorite podcatchers. Ooh. 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 Ooh.